It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Here we are on Friday night. It is Carcon Carne. I'm James Van Alstel. Still here, like I am every day and every night. It is Quarantine Cone Carne. Sign up for the Carcon Carne email list. It's easy to do. It's on the front page of carconcarne.com. And in doing so, you will put yourself in the running for a $50 gift card to Byron's Hot Dogs. Two locations on the north side of Chicago. Do that. Get yourself registered before... New Year's Eve, please. Uh, And if you're into the whole podcast thing, which I imagine you are because you're either watching or listening right now, uh, I also do another podcast for my corporate masters. I do the History of Alternative podcast on 101WKQX, on 101WKQX.com. You should check out our most recent episode. I co-host it with John Manley, the night guy and all-around good dude at WKQX. We run through our picks for our favorite albums and songs for 2020. You may disagree with some, you may agree. In any event, I love lists. I'm sure you do too. Check that out. Uh, One final note, it's no secret. I have been loving throwing myself back into vinyl listening and collecting. Uh, I just bought this album. I haven't had this album for years. I bought this album, Susie and the Banshee's Peep Show. I haven't listened to it in forever. Uh, I forgot how really freaking good it is. I, I was just listening to it before I started podcasting. I bring it up now because, holy shit. What a great album. All right. That all aside, it is podcast time. My guest tonight is Ryan Trembath. He is the author of the recently released book, Signature Shoes, The Athletes Who Wore Them, and delightful pop culture nuggets. Ryan, happy Friday to you, although every day feels like Monday, Tuesday. It doesn't even feel like a Friday, does it? Uh, no. How's it going, James? It's it's great. Yeah. So this is, actually, this is probably the latest I've had to hold a conversation with someone since the pandemic started, other than my wife, of course. The latest? You mean in, in, at night? Yeah, probably. Well, I'm sorry to keep you up. No, that's I know I'm I'm up. I just you know just sit at my house. So, so before we talk about your book, I, I'm looking. We're we're in your your library or your private space here. Uh, yeah. You've got stacks of VHS tapes behind you. I, I see Ghostbusters. I see Uncle Buck. I see The Godfather Part Two. Uh, are the are those records right behind you? Yeah, and then I got some records right here. DVD collection, books. So, you know, kind of just uh, this is my bookshelf in my basement, basically. So, so are those records years old? Have you had them since you were young, or are you a new collector? Uh, had some of them since I was young. Had some of them for probably started buying records about fifteen years ago, and uh, it's weird. I always keep the price tags on them, so I look back and it's like, oh wow, I got the band's like second album for four dollars, you know, in uh, two thousand eight, and then and what- now it's probably you know you could sell it for like twenty bucks or something at least. I, I, it's becoming a problem, especially during the pandemic where things just get delivered to your front door all the time. Yeah. I, I, I need to, I need to throttle back on this stuff. Anyways, the new book is out. Oh, tell us first where we can get signature shoes, the book. Um, so you can grab it at eckhartspress.com, E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z press.com. It's uh, shipping now, you know, um, for there's been a few problems with the postal service with the pandemic and the holidays and everything, but it's, It'll make its way to your doorstep eventually. <laughs> that's that's right. Have faith. It'll show up eventually. That's what, what everyone's kind of living through right now. So let's talk signature shoes. Obviously, you wouldn't write a book like this if this wasn't a hobby for you, if this wasn't a passion for you. When did the hobby catch you or how did you latch into the hobby? 
Um, so I've kind of just always been interested in, you know, sneakers. Um, I mentioned in the book when I was a little kid, I would just, uh, I was kind of obsessed with shoes and just start like yelling shoes when I saw, you know, someone with the next pair of tennis shoes. And, uh, um, you know, always, since then just kind of kept a keen eye on sneakers and the pandemic hit and just started writing about it, basically. Sorry, you dropped out for a second there. Yeah, sorry, it's my first time on Zoom. So you started writing this book during the pandemic. This is this yeah, wasn't correct. something long simmering. This is something you cranked out this year. Yeah, I mean, it took me about three months to write, which doesn't sound like a long time, but I was working on it, you know, three to four hours a night, every night. And I don't think I took a night off for three months, sometimes even working on it like an hour or two during the day. And I, I think that's the secret to becoming a published author is just not quitting and just... That's pretty much what I did. I mean, it's I, it actually started right when the pandemic started. I bought a typewriter. A typewriter? Was, yeah. So I was just kind of having some fun messing around in a typewriter. And, um, you know, I was just, I started writing just some letters to whoever. And I was writing a newsletter to some friends. And, you know, this would have been the second issue. And I got like six pages into it and just realized I had way too much material to send out and also too much for a typewriter. I had to switch to a computer. So, although I shouldn't be surprised by the typewriter, just based on the VHS tapes. So yeah, I mean, you. you can get like 10 for a dollar nowadays. So it's, yeah, it's you are old school to the core. So I, I went into this book, not knowing a whole lot about signature shoes, not having the same fire or passion. So this was a learning experience for me. I, I think the first thing that struck me was, how old this practice or the, this signature shoe thing is. I mean, dating back to before World War II, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chuck Taylor is technically the first. He, you know, he got his name added to the All-Star in 1932. It wasn't designed for him, but his name was on it. So it's a signature shoe. And then really, you know, in the 60s and then in the 70s, it just took off. Right. And one thing you do to keep people like me engaged throughout, because there are a lot of dates, there are a lot of stats throughout this book. I mean, it's, it's very meticulously researched uh, to keep me on board. People like me, you throw in the pop culture nuggets. It's in the title of the book, for God's sakes. Uh, but like 1932, in addition to talking about signature shoes and uh, Chuck Taylor and all that, you're talking about Todd Browning's Freaks, which is an epic in the history of, of cinema. Yeah, I thought, well, one thing, you know, I was like, you know, if I'm reading a book or something to like put you in context with what was happening historically, especially like you said, there's just so many dates being thrown around. You kind of get lost in the dates and you're like, oh, so what else was happening happening in the world, you know, at this time? And, you know, I think it's just kind of nice to have something like that. Yeah, it kind of grounds everything. So you talk about like all in the family and the Godfather and the birth of ESPN, even Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I, I, I like mean, that. It's a nice balance. Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, Dark Side of the Moon is it's it's everywhere, and I it feels that way anyway. Like kids are you know picking up that record, and I, it's funny you should say that. My daughter went shopping pre-pandemic with a bunch of her friends. They hit the mall, and she came home from one of the stores. You know, this was she was a tween at this point. Came home with a Dark Side of the Moon like tie-dye shirt. Nice. Do you know what that is? No, but it looks cool. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Dark Side of the Moon, produced by Ellen Parsons, for God's sakes. Um, One thing 
I remember when I was young, and I, I'm a bit younger than you, Ryan. Uh, when I was young, Keds were a big deal. People wore Keds. You, you don't really see people in Keds in the present day. Not really. Um, yeah. But I, I learned a lot about Keds. First of all, Africa Bombada was a Keds yeah, enthusiast back exactly. in the day. I mean, and then so I threw in stuff like that, like, you know, threw him in there, Grandmaster Flash. And of course, you know, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys are in the book. Um, but yeah, Bambada, he made the uh, Supers famous. They, they came out in 1969, so he wore those uh, pretty much everywhere. Well, speaking of Run DMC, let's talk a little bit about Adidas. Again, didn't know the history. I'm sure it was out there. In all, it was in front of me all along. But um, Adidas, really the first signature shoe. And the birth of Adidas really was concurrent with the rise of the Nazi party. It was like one of the creators was a Nazi youth, right? Yeah, they uh, actually both brothers were um, both Adi and uh, Rudolph were both uh, members of the Nazi party. And uh, one of the guys who wrote a blurb for me, Jason Coles is working on a documentary right now, just on the two brothers and their longstanding feud, which I mean, if they hadn't, you know, actually, if they had got along, we wouldn't have had both brands. We might not have had either one, really. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. You also make a case in the book for the new sneaker, new sneaker smell, as opposed to a new car smell, the new sneaker smell. I'm surprised there hasn't been a candle or some sort of like essential oil made with that scent. Yeah, I feel it's weird. The new new car smell is good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, new sneaker smell, it almost... I, I think it smells better. I'm going to just say that right there. And uh, it's the, the the rubber and the it's the everything. Yeah. And you pull back the paper and exactly. it, it, yeah, it is a one of a kind smell. I know it's it's uh, every time I open a new box of shoes, I got to take a smell almost uh, instantly. So it's one of those things, and you can't enjoy it for too long either because once you start wearing it, it's it's gone. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still old school. I love my Chuck Taylors. I love my Jack Purcells, uh, but I realize I'm in good company because people like George Harrison and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, yeah, those two also Cobain, you know, he famously wore them. Um, and it's, it's amazing that, you know, kids are still wearing them. They produced them. It seems like in just endless uh, colors throughout the years. And, you know, I, I've never had a pair actually, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I, I felt I fell down the Converse rabbit hole early on in the pandemic, all kinds yeah. of coupons and specials. And I, I, I got a couple pairs of shoes sent to my house and I realized I literally have nowhere to wear these too. I I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I've got shoes. They're just in my closet. Now I have, I, I have a pair of Converse I've not worn since they arrived at my home. All right. Well, that's, that's kind of a sad thing, but you know, <laughs> you'll get out there eventually. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, you know, life under a pandemic for sure uh you talk about arthur ash also the rise of vans is covered which yeah i felt like that was about sneakers yeah uh even though they didn't come out with a signature shoe until 1989 i you know i, I just love the story behind vans and dogtown and z boys is one of my favorite documentaries if not my favorite documentary so in it and i make the case in the book that you know stacy peralta and tony alva they they pretty much designed the second shoe that fans came out with so you know it, it could have easily been a signature shoe you are a chicago are you a chicago native i am yeah in fact i went to columbia college i think uh, oh right on i i went there i, I graduated yeah, yeah, without, a, without taking a math course um so as a chicagoan are these signature sneakers or are these signature gym shoes 
Um, well, signature sneakers, I mean, I think is just the correct terminology, just, you know, based on the culture, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get mad if anyone calls them gym shoes or tennis shoes. So. <laughs> uh, talking more about, I mentioned Africa Bombata, uh, you mentioned Run DMC, signature shoes swirling around the world of hip hop and rap LL Cool J wore Air Jordan ones on his radio album. Yeah. which I, I'm sure the two work together to to blow each other up, so to speak. Um, I'm sure he, I'm sure LL Cool J helped sell Jordans just by, I mean, because he was cooler than shit when that album came out. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm sure that was a conscious decision to, to wear them. I mean, and then, you know, they basically just blew up and it, the Jordan just changed everything. I mean... And Easy E had he wore the Air Jordan threes on on an album, so it really just took over. You mentioned Rick Barry, and I swear to God, I'm embarrassed to say this, Ryan. My knowledge of Rick Barry is limited to back in maybe the late '70s, even no, it must have been late '70s. Uh, comic books had a Spalding ad on the back cover, and it was Rick Barry with Doctor J. And it was like a mini comic book with the two or mini comic strip with the two of them. That's my knowledge of Rick Barry is from reading comic books as a kid. Nice. But I learned, but I learned more. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like everyone has a, a weird thing where they just know someone from something completely unrelated to whatever they did basically to make their way in this world. Uh, so going past LL Cool J, ladies love Cool James, the 90s, the period of gluttony. This is when everything just went bananas, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, basically, you know, we have the Air Jordan to thank, but Shaquille O'Neal in 1992 got a signature shoe before he even stepped on the, the court. And I remember like his basketball card, his rookie card and the hype around that. And I don't know, I think it, they're probably worth like a dollar now. Um, but that is just crazy. Everyone, it seemed like had a signature shoe. Dennis Rodman got one. His, his signature shoe actually just got re-released. And I'm kind of wondering if he uh, even makes any money off that. But I kind of figure he probably doesn't but who knows and then uh, i talked to a guy just the other day he's like oh larry johnson he had, you know his shoe got re-released so i just bought it because i had it when i was a kid and you know grandmama basically was it was his nickname so so there's a collectability aspect to this a huge collectability aspect to this and this is i think what really interests me as someone who has collected comics and music his whole life what makes the shoes valuable is it scarcity yeah pretty much just uh based on how rare they are and um so now when say like an air jordan comes out it's released in you know limited numbers in that color and so collectors well really it's resale resellers will just jump on it because they know the you know it's just going to go up in value and they can sell it for a lot more than than uh, what they bought it for. But like I mentioned in the book, like the Wilson bought a John Wooden, there's a edition they made 620 pairs for each one of his wins at UCLA. So that's, you know, that's pretty scarce. And it's, you know, collectors are after that sort of thing. So it, it seems like, and this is true with records, um, it, it seems like it's hard for fans to get a, a hold of these shoes without really camping out doing extreme things because it is those kind of resellers who find ways to, to get at this stuff before legitimate consumers yeah it's camping out uh, and now really with everything online it's you know bots because 
they're, you know, just everyone's, you can't get in basically if you're just, you know, by yourself on your computer, it's next to impossible. You got to have, you know, multiple elements at, at work. Gross. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, and there, I mean, I've seen people offering, you know, instruction online on how to create bots and stuff like that. So it's, it's ridiculous. Ick. Uh, there are a lot of pictures in the book. Are those all from your own personal collection? Uh, no, a handful, probably six of them are, but I reached out a lot of, you know, a lot of the shoes are so rare. Like the, the picture of the Billie Jean King in there, they only made 300 pairs. Um, the picture that was an original Air Jordan in there. And I think the guy who had that sold it for like $10,000. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Um, some of them, I mean, you really they're they're pretty hard to find if they're still even around if the you know polyurethane hasn't broken down by now and obviously they're more valuable if they're never if they've never been worn yeah yeah and that's the thing too i mean how many people buy shoes and don't wear them you know and you make the case at the end of your book like what's the point of collecting records if you don't play them what's the point of collecting shoes if you don't wear them yeah that's i mean with records i see everyone online saying like Oh, here's a good player copy. You know, they're all really player copies to me. I mean, you want to keep them in, you know, nice condition, take care of them and everything, but, you know, use your stuff, basically. I feel the same way about comics. I, I want to thumb through the pages. I want to smell the paper. Yeah. When I, when I pick up that old Silver Age book. Uh, all right. So the book, again, it is out now. It is through Eckhart's Press, E-C-K-H-A-R-T-Z Press. Dot com. It is signature shoes, the athletes who wore them, and delightful, and they are delightful, pop culture nuggets. Uh, we can get that book. Uh, I'm impressed with how quickly you turned that around. You've uh, unfortunately done a terrible job of managing expectations for your future works. All right. And, and how quickly you did this. Uh, but really yeah, nice I, job. I, I learned a lot, and I thought, it was, I thought it was a lot of fun to read. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and that's the thing I wanted. You know, I, it's, I couldn't have made the whole book just – you know, unless you're making a coffee table book, I wanted to, you know, throw some stuff in there to kind of make it more fun. I love it. Well, thank you for doing this, Ryan. No problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.